0: Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Now, more than ever, we need to go to Mars. I know, you're thinking to yourself, wait, what? Yes, we need to go to Mars. An international team of researchers has revealed new evidence for the possible existence of liquid water beneath the solar polar ice caps of Mars. I know, and we need it desperately. So let's get to it. The combination of the new topographic evidence, uh, computer model results, and the radar data make it much more likely that at least one area of the subglacial liquid water exists on Mars today, and that Mars must still be geothermally active in order to keep the water beneath the ice cap liquid this comes from cambridge's scott polar research institute led by professor neil arnold so if professor neil arnold from the cambridge scott polar research institute says there's water on mars let's get to it and bring it back to earth welcome welcome to chewing the fat So we found out that Elon has changed his mind. Uh, he is reversing his decision to reverse his decision to buy Twitter. And I know he's been trying to wriggle out of the deal. And he once again said, "Ah, you know what, I'll buy it. And I gave you 5420 a share. That's the same price that I agreed on back in April. So I'll go ahead and buy it. Well, Twitter went crazy. Uh, they stopped trading. Uh, they stopped trading the shares. They started uh, getting rid of the bots. So everybody that had bots lost followers on their Twitter account. Uh, I was one. Uh, you know, lost uh, a whole lot of followers on Twitter uh, once they decided that uh, Elon was going to take over. And uh, so we'll see. I, I know he attempted to back out of the deal in July, saying he was misled by Twitter management about the share of bots on the platform twitter then sued Musk to make him buy the company then uh you know twitter's former head of security came forward with explosive allegations that the company's leadership willfully ignored massive security issues which musk used as ammo for his case then we had texts between musk and a range of business moguls who that were released ahead of the trial revealing, uh, that, uh, celebs in Elon's orbit, who egging him on to buy Twitter, Rogan, Dorsey, Gail King, Larry Ellison, and a whole lot more. So Elon said, all right, fine. I'll buy it. You got me. No problem. I'll buy it. Well, uh, not so fast. Uh, Twitter has not accepted Musk's $44 billion offer. And he's being, Elon is going to be deposed Thursday, the 6th of August, 2022, in the court case. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, Elon and Twitter have not officially ended the litigation on the takeover bill. Uh, He's still scheduled to be deposed. Um, Sources say that billionaire Carl Icahn is among those who bet that Musk would still go through with the deal despite threatening to pull out. Uh so we'll see tech experts are expecting Musk to oust Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal and bring back Donald Trump to the platform and introduce several new features. Plus he tweeted that this is his greatest uh his great part of his great plan to have a website called X. I think that's what he called it. He called it, it as part of my part of my plan to create X the everything app. So we'll see if that still happens because the deal is not done yet. If I were to ask you, what brand do you trust the most in the United States? What's the most trusted brand? Well, uh, morning consult has done a definitive measure of brand trust showcasing the companies and products that have earned consumer trust in 2022. The most trusted brands in the United States. Brands are ranked on their average net trust rating. Uh, The data comes from Morning Consult brand, Intelligence, I'm sorry I left that out earlier, uh, which collects tens of thousands of surveys every day across the globe on over 4,000 brands and products. This brand intelligent data set was gathered March 3rd through April 3rd, 2022, uh, among a representative sample of 5,241 to 5,560 U.S. adults with an unweighted margin of error of plus or minus one percentage point. Coming in at number one with a net trust of plus 57.73, Band-Aid. <laughs> All right, Congratulations to Band-Aid for being the number one brand in the U.S., Uh, Number, we can go 10 backwards, I guess. Number 10, Home Depot. Number nine, Colgate. Number eight, The Weather Channel. I mean, that's a pretty good bet with The Weather Channel, I guess. They're pretty good, I guess, at that. Uh, Number seven, Cheerios. (laughs) Number six, Visa. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, Number five, CVS Pharmacy. Man, do I disagree with that. Number four, UPS. Number three, Clorox. And number two, Lysol. And, of course, number one is Band-Aid. Now, the most trusted brands by industry. By industry. This is interesting. Uh, Number ten, Subaru. Number nine, Kelly Blue Book. Number eight, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Number seven, Advanced Auto Parts. Number six of the most trusted brand by industry, Toyota. Number five, Chevrolet. Number four, U-Haul. Number three, Goodyear. And I will say, uh these three Chevrolet U-Haul Goodyear I've been uh, you know over you know in a lifetime have been dealt a pretty good hand from those three companies so you know I I can understand that they are a trusted brand number two AAA I was a member for quite a long time to AAA they seemed I mean they're okay I don't know that I'd rank them up number two but okay and number one say it with me now AutoZone (laughs) (laughs) i mean when you think of the most trusted brand by industry autozone just rolls right off the tongue doesn't it and as long as we're uh getting it uh, down to who's number one and who's number four i mean those were obviously uh you know brands and companies but i see where uh the best drive-through performance companies has been rated uh, based on overall satisfaction with drive through experience. Now, Chick-fil-A ranked highest for the third year in a row. But it wasn't alone at the top spot. The chicken chain tied with Carl's Jr. this year. Arby's, Dunkin' and Hardee's all tied for third place. And at the bottom of the list was Wendy's at 82%, followed by McDonald's at 85%. Now, once you have your meal and you're out of the drive through lane and ready to enjoy your food, it all comes down to the quality of food, and a Chick-fil-A is dominant in that particular bracket. Now, I will say that uh, Arby's and McDonald tied for the top spot with both getting orders right 89% of the time. I thought that was Chick-fil-A, but no. Chick-fil-A knocked out of the top spot. with It dipped to a seventh place ranking, 83% accuracy. Wendy's had the lowest accuracy of 79%. Wow. I mean, Chick-fil-A needs to hop on it, man. When they are dropping down on accuracy to 83%, and that's seventh place, that is not good for Chick-fil-A, man. When Arby's and McDonald's, are getting the orders correct more times than Chick-fil-A. Uh I mean good for them. Good for them. I mean that still means that, you know, eleven percent of the people are not getting their orders correct. Now, how do they handle it afterward is another story, obviously, but Chick-fil-A is really, really good at that and have been. I mean they're they're between taking your order uh, and getting you through the line, I mean, that accuracy rate is only 83%. Wow. And Arby's and McDonald's beat them. Sad times at Chick-fil-A, man. I mean, I realize that you're number one with satisfaction and quality, but uh, wow, the sa- total overall satisfaction with the drive through experience. I mean, Chick-fil-A gets number one, but I mean, that's going to go down if the accuracy rate continues to go down so you know i'm not telling you how to run your business chick-fil-a but maybe you ought to take a look at that <laughs> uh maybe you ought to take a look at that and uh, have a couple of meetings to improve that accuracy rating that's just me i know i know just me let's go to the break room i need something cold to drink desperately <laughs> All right, for those of you uh, that follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. Of course, you can cameo me at JeffyJFR. That costs money, however. Uh, you can also uh, email the show, Chewing the Fat, at TheBlaze.com. I did get an email sent to that very email address, Chewing the Fat at TheBlaze.com, from Mark. Mark, a little angry with me. I'll read you the email from Mark. I'm someone born and raised in Kentucky, but even my girlfriend, born and raised in Indiana, knew where Loretta Lynn was born. It certainly wasn't in Butcher Hollow. Well, okay, look, pause there for a second. Uh, you know, I said that yesterday when I did "Who Died Today." I mean, rest in peace, Loretta Lynn, who passed away at the age of 90 yesterday, and that was her hometown. It's what it said in the article. And in all reports of her life, that's where she was born. I you know that's what I said in Appalachia area of eastern Kentucky, they are hollers, not hollows oh, oh 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 oh, Thus, she was born in Butcher holler. You need to watch the coal miner's daughter movie in your spare time. Mark. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. You got me, Mark, all right, I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pronounce it wrong. Loretta Lynn, born in Butcher holler. And uh, you know, that's I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry, I made you so angry. I appreciate you emailing Chewing the Fat at theblaze.com. So it looks like it's a done deal uh another serving of tossed salad and scrambled eggs because the fraser crane is back looks like paramount plus has given the go-ahead to the to the new revival show i know it's been in the works we've talked about it a couple of times uh kelsey grammer who plays a uh, psychiatrist and radio show host dr fraser crane uh said that they were in the final stages for the final script and things looked pretty good so I guess Frazier is starting a new life chapter outside of Seattle. Uh, the move to another city will also mean he'll be surrounded by new characters, but they're expected to be cameos from the surviving members of the original cast. Uh, and so we'll see. Uh, you know, I, Look, Frazier was a great show uh, for its time. No question about it. And uh, awesome, awesome to remember that show now. Kelsey Grammer. Can he pull it off again? Probably. I mean, he's been awesome. He looks great. So, I mean, it won 37 Emmy Awards, ran for 11 seasons on NBC. Uh, Paramount Plus has said that they, you know, they gave the go ahead for 10 episodes. So, you know, we got that to look forward to anyway on Paramount Plus, huh? Frazier, I'm listening. So my son was telling me about a movie that's supposed to come out next year about Cocaine Bear, and it tells the story of a drug runner whose plane crashes with a load of cocaine that's found by a black bear who eats it. <laughs> so back in the 80s, it's the infamous Cocaine Bear. So Apparently, uh, this uh, drug smuggler moving loads of cocaine into the U.S. from Columbia Uh, police discovered his dead body in a driveway in Knoxville, Tennessee. He was heavily armed, wearing a bulletproof vest, carrying thousands of dollars in cash, and about 77 pounds of cocaine. uh, In a duffel bag strapped around his waist, he had apparently died when a parachute failed to open after he jumped from his plane, which authorities later discovered about 60 miles away. Uh, Thornton had directed the aircraft toward the Atlantic Ocean and set it to autopilot before making his ill-fated jump. As it turned out, was the only casualty to his final smuggling run. Uh, the hunter discovered a dead, one hundred and seventy-five pound black bear in Chattahoochee National Forest. Nearby was a duffel bag that had originally contained seventy-five pounds of cocaine. The unfortunate animal had apparently gotten into the blow, and uh, you know, did a little toot nose candy. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess he overdosed. Uh pick this seventy pounds of cocaine will do that to you. <laughs> uh so he's gonna be immortalized in a film. That's awesome. Now they did uh uh they did an autopsy on the bear, and I know it's not an autopsy, it's a necropsy. okay, Jeff? Yeah, I know, I got it. And uh he had uh he had a bunch of cocaine in him, but apparently they said he'd only absorbed about three to four grams into his substance. I mean Anybody can absorb three to four grams in their substance. I can do that with standing on my hands. (laughs) So, you know, apparently, I mean, they say humans, uh, fatal dose would be about 7.5 grams. Okay. All right. So anyway, this is Pablo Escobar or, uh, you know, cocaine bear. And he destroyed or consumed 75 pounds of cocaine. So we've got that movie to look forward to. And especially got me thinking that it's Fat Bear Week fat bear week has started you can go to you know fat bear week at cat national forest and vote on who you think would be the fattest bear this year i mean history 480 otis is a big one i mean he's won in 2014 2016 2017 uh 2021 and then 17 47 has really uh, done a number as well, but those are the history winners. And of course, they had uh, Holly 435, Holly won and 409 uh, bead nose won. And uh, so we have new bears this year, though. And voting has begun. You can go to the website and vote. You can vote for uh, 335, who's up against uh, 164. Ooh, that doesn't either one of those is not going to beat 747 and eight that's a shame 856 and 747 are up against each other in the same bracket and they should be opposite of each other you got to go with 747 you just have to anyway it's fat bear week so i mean why wouldn't you talk about a bear who swallowed a bunch of cocaine and died hello so we did record a talking walking dead today with uh, jason buttrell and uh, my son maximus and myself went a little extra long so if you'll see the long episode posted it uh well worth listening to we recapped the latest episode we talked about uh the newer shows that aired between uh between seasons and what to expect from some of the newer shows coming up so talking walking dead is back up and running baby excited to have it back and speaking of uh talking things i see where uh, there's going to be a talking fetus <laughs> in the movie blonde Which uh, they're saying uh, is anti-abortion propaganda. Wait, what? Yeah. The Netflix uh, fictionalized Marilyn Monroe biopic. The biopic. Blonde. uh, Has been widely criticized for its exploitative depiction of Monroe's character. Now, some also say the film mishandled a major theme. Abortion. The movie shows Monroe have two illegal abortions. Both times against her will. She also exchanges dialogue with a computer-animated fetus that she later miscarries. You won't hurt me this time, will you? The fetus asked Monroe.
1: Uh,
0: you won't hurt me this time, will you? <laughs> okay. Abortion right activists say the scenes, based on a 2000 novel by Joyce Carol Oates, contribute to the anti-abortion propaganda. <laughs> you bastards. But uh, Andrew Dominic, the film's director, uh, told USA Today that the criticism is a result of happenstance. It's just people looking at the film through the lens of their own particular prejudices. Isn't that the way we look at uh, films, it's through our own particular prejudices? Anyway, or whatever agenda that they want to advance. I don't think it has anything to say about Roe v. Wade so there okay (laughs) if the film would have come out in 2008 no one would be talking about it so no one is caring about it now because it's 2022 so anyway we got that to look forward to in the uh the biopic a blonde coming out on netflix marilyn monroe man there's nothing you got me hooked you got me hooked with talking fetuses For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So when you wake up and you think, man, yesterday was a bad day. I've had some bad days. I was thinking about, remember that Day that was just so bad. Well, you need to remind yourself that you're not the Zimbabwean man, Winders Sainin, uh, 34. Uh, he was traveling to his favorite fishing spot in Milbizi, uh, which, I mean, you, who doesn't love the fishing spot in Milbizi? It's a village in western Zimbabwe. And uh, there was an elephant there, and it started to charge him and so he got scared (laughs) what a wimp Uh, Winders CNN 34 is a charging elephant he didn't know what to do so he jumped in the river to get away from the charging elephant and that was a bad move that was not a good move because uh, in the river was a crocodile and the crocodile attacked my man Winders and chopped off his arm and his leg (laughs) it's not funny stop laughing okay Uh, (laughs) uh there's a picture of him. So sad. He's laying there and one arm and one leg on same side though. Same side, as it looks like his left side. So he lost his left arm and his I you don't know most of his left leg, you know, below the below the knee there. And uh so he was trying to put distance between him and the elephant and then uh the croc was like, not so fast. Uh you're swimming in my water now, so I'm going to bite your hand and your and your arm and I'm going to bite your leg too. Okay? All right. So, he said that uh, he had his arm in the croc had his arm in his mouth and he shoved his arm down the crocodile's mouth to its tongue, forcing it to gag, which then, you know, spit him out, gagged him out, and the locals uh, heard his cries and they were able to come and rescue him. Uh, you know, and get him out of get him out of harm's way or more harm's way, but uh, he had to have the arm and the leg amputated. So I guess I don't know why the elephant was charging him. I mean, he was just there to do a little fishing in his favorite fishing spot, and then the elephant got pissed, and uh, he was just trying to run away from the elephant, and then jumped in the river, and the croc got pissed. So in another time, when you say to yourself, "Man, I." I've got a bad day. It's been a bad day. Think to yourself of my man from Zimbabwe, Winters Sinning. Uh, until you've had a bad day like Winders, cry me a river. Oh, no, 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 cry me a river. That's where the crocs are. Speaking of crying me a river, uh, looks like Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen are over. According to reports, they have retained divorce attorneys. That really stinks. Uh, divorce is not fun. I've told you before, divorces suck. You can quote me on that. But they've both been living separately and uh, you know for the past couple months, and I guess they're now looking to divide up the old multi-million dollar empire. So I know people never thought it would happen, and Tom and Giselle would get back together. They're just a couple in love, but not anymore. It doesn't look like they'll be able to work it out. Uh, Tom's 45, Giselle's 42, they've been married since 2009, they've got the kids, so you're looking at maybe joint custody, you've got Benjamin uh, and daughter Vivian from Giselle, and then you've got Jack, 15 now, who was with the ex, uh, Bridget, so it looks like they filed for divorce, well, they haven't filed yet but they would likely file in Florida. That's where they pretty much live. Uh, they've got the $26 million property. Remember they bought the place on uh, uh, Indian Creek Island, the billionaire's bunker place that they were going to knock down and build the build the new house because they had uh, that 5,172-square-foot, five-bedroom dump on the two-acre lot there on billionaire bunker island. They were going to tear it down, and they're, you know, we're gonna spend you know seventeen or twenty million dollars to build a place there. <laughs> now they've got the, they've got the condo uh, in Tribeca that's valued at like three point six million, as well as the Yellowstone Club in Montana that's like five point seven million dollar property. Plus they've got the property in Costa Rica that that's where they go to for the family vacation and stuff uh, on the. Uh, Nicoa Peninsula in Costa Rica. Boy, I betcha that is sweet. And uh and we've seen some of the family pictures there, but you don't get the full the full effect rather than being there. I betcha that is beautiful. And she's not gonna give that up. Costa Rica is Giselle's. That's her place. Tom's not gonna want to go there anyway once she's done with Giselle. I don't want to be there. So apparently they, you know, when they had the hurricane last week, they all went down. And uh they went down to Miami and they were still living separately. They didn't end up together. Ha ha ha. Okay. Uh so we don't know what's happening. We've got pictures of Giselle going to the gym and stuff without Tom. And so it looks no good. And I will say this, as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, uh let's get it done with. Quit messing around. You're messing with the season. All right, Tom's got a big season ahead of him, got a lot of games ahead of us, got a lot of things to think about. And while I believe that he can compartmentalize and focus on you know, games and, and what has to be done, uh, that just that's why he had you taking care of the kids during the season because he didn't want to have to worry about it. And now you're screwing that all up, and maybe that's what you want. Giselle, maybe that's what you're thinking. That'll teach him. I told him to retire. I want him to be more present with me, and if he can't, I'm going to destroy that mental thing that he's got going, and that will affect the team. And that really just bums me out. So, I want it to end. So, make it happen. Either get back together and make him happy, which tell him you'll watch the kids and you'll work it out till the season, which not a bad idea actually. Uh would would help a lot. Giselle, if you would just even if you wanna divorce them, just take a break until the end of the season, okay? Just say, Tom, you know, let's just work it out. I'll move back in, I'll take care of the kids, I'll I'll make sure everything is okay, you go play football, and then you can be more present. But until then, I'll take care of everything. And then when the season's over, you can say, okay, divorce, no matter what happens, I'm divorcing you, get out of here, I'm sick of you. But let's not screw up this season, okay? Which I'm sure she cares about a whole lot. And speaking of people, you know, getting rid of places, I see where Ben Affleck uh, got rid of the bachelor pad. J Lo said, "Get rid of it, all right? I don't want your bachelor pad anymore on the books." So his Pacific Pal- Palisades mansion, twenty eight point five million. I mean, this almost as houses of the hoity toity. Uh, good for the highest, the third highest sale in the neighborhood. Uh, not the number one though. Uh, he uh, bought the place in two thousand eighteen for 19 million after his divorce from jennifer garner and now that he's married to j-lo uh they're i think they're renting the place they're at now and they're looking for a place to buy but there she wanted the bachelor pad gone uh, hello have a nice day now the bachelor pad isn't bad uh 13,000 square feet seven bedrooms nine bathrooms <laughs> movie theater wine cellar full bar gym wellness room i mean just to what any single guy needs <laughs> uh, it's got a half an acre across from the riviera country club <laughs> it's got a patio second story deck overlook the space lawn garden and it's even got a guest house and swimming pool with spa and water slides so, you can see why you would want to get rid of that dump. <laughs> so, J-Lo said get rid of it. He got rid of it. That's the way it works. Ooh, looks like the 999... Call handlers are going to be joining the strike. So if you're in the UK and you are in trouble and you call nine nine nine, you're either going to get a busy signal or it's just going to ring because the handlers are going on strike. Wow, they're pissed about pay. I don't blame them. Uh, you know, I guess that everybody's striking. Everybody wants more money. Good for them but it's been normal that the 999 workers would not strike and now they say "Eh, you know what uh now we're going to be a part of the strike too uh we need to we need to make some money and uh just because uh you think we're going to be exempt yeah no we're not going to be exempt now so you don't want to negotiate with us okay fine these workers here they're joining us as well so all right it might work. This might actually be what uh, you know—the straw that broke the camel's back, so to say. So the communi- caker, The com- I can't even say it. The Communication Workers Union said uh, we're opposed to the flat rate pay offer, and uh, the nine 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 handlers are going to strike with us too. So, man, if you need some help in the UK and you call nine 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 and get that busy signal, sorry about it. Tell the unions, uh, tell the government they want more money. <laughs> they should be paid a whole bunch more money, okay? Uh, just, you know. And they may, and you may say they make enough. Okay, all right, then they make enough. Uh, then live without them. Live without them, okay? I see where uh, Goodwill, we've talked about Goodwill on this show before because I'm kind of a fan, I've always been a kind of a fan of thrift stores. I love them. And Goodwill, you know, I'm not opposed to shopping at Goodwill. There's one Goodwill that I go to from time to time in my neck of the woods. That uh, you know, they think that they have got uh, they've got a section now that is uh, you know Goodwill hoity toity is really what it's called uh, the hoity toity of Goodwill, and they jack the price up. So you know, you have to if you want to go shop over there for the for the unwashed is clothes, that's fine. But the hoity toity clothes, they're right there, and. Uh, yeah these are the good stuff this is the good stuff we charge a lot more for that and you don't get it right away we're going to take some bids on it okay we're going to take the highest bidder up to a certain date which really ticked me off because i like going into thrift stores and you see something you like you buy it it's it's there that's what it's there for well they just started a uh online store called goodwill finds and it's a centralized online business and it uh, i went it said uh, consumer appetite for sustainable clothing, uh, even in the era of fast fashion. Uh, second-hand clothing market is expected to grow 16 times faster than the broader clothing market in the next four years. Yeah, because people don't have any money, so they're going to want to be looking to get some cheaper clothes. So they're looking for uh, Goodwill finds. Now, I went to the website of the old Goodwill finds and you know some of the stuff looks pretty good they've got the uh, electronics on there i don't know about buying clothes because i like to see and feel the clothes sometimes you think oh that's a that's a nice shirt and then you look at it and it's not quite right and you don't get it or you look at it and go well maybe that's okay and then you you feel like oh that's soft that's nice and you you get it for a couple of bucks i'm all for that no problem uh you know or uh, you know a hat or a dish or whatever. But, uh, you know, like, oh, let's go to polos. Let's see what they have on their polos. So I'm, a, I'm a polo kind of guy. Let's see what they have. Men's size, large. Do they have fat guy sizes? Because that's tough to find at the old Goodwill. They've got The, the fat guy sizes are usually got a lot of larges, a lot of extra larges. I see a lot of larges XL. I don't see any triple X's here. Holy cow. A lot of XLs, no fat guy sizes. A lot, a lot of very disappointed in these shirts. Uh, maybe I should lose some weight and then maybe I could buy a shirt at Goodwill. No, there's no fat guy size under the polo shirts. Very disappointing, but that's part of the deal of shopping, right? So maybe you log into Goodwill finds every day and you see if something new showed up because when you go back to their, go back to their home page, they have what's new and that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, kind of like an, if they if it's used properly, that would be okay. And they have top brands. You can go look at what they have under brands. And uh, they have Halloween and new finds. So they have new finds. They've got a oh, they've got an Apple MacBook Pro, hundred sixty nine dollars. And they've got an enameled cast iron lidded Dutch oven set, eighty six bucks for the Le Creuset red enameled cast iron lidded Dutch oven set. No. No, thank you. Not going to do that. The Nike uh, men's camo slim fit sweatpants, forty-eight dollars. It's Goodwill. Uh, I know. It's I know you think you got uh, all kinds of good stuff, but it's Goodwill. And I realize this is Goodwill finds. So, I mean, all right, fine, whatever. Goodwill finds is a a great thing. And look, you're helping out, right? You're helping. That's what Goodwill is all about i get it that's more important than anything in life is helping out goodwill goodwill finds and it's good for everyone i know it's nice that they help community-based programs across the u.s provide professional training job placement and youth mentorship i know and i guess it should increase donations and help expand the base of customers will it though I mean, I'm all for it. Good. I hope it works out for him and Matthew Canis, CEO of Goodwill Finds. You know, I hope it works out for you. But if you're having a little problem, uh, you know, give me a call because you got ThreadUp and Poshmark. Uh, you know, customers cannot use the site to make donations and will still have to visit local Goodwill store to drop them off. So that's kind of weird. I'm not really sure uh, what that. Why that's such a deal. Let's see. And eventually, be able to personalize the site based on the customer's past purposes. Okay. Uh, Unlike ThreadUp and Poshmark, customers cannot use the site to make donations, and will still visit. He'll have to visit local Goodwill store to drop them off. So each Goodwill store—I mean, they've got thirty-three hundred stores in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, Each one of these stores are going to have access to Goodwill finds. That's a big deal. I don't know that they can. I don't know that they can help run that. I, I mean, holy cow! They help. they on top of that because that seems like something that will be very difficult to keep up. But you know, call me, email me, two I help you out. Fat finds, goodwill, fat finds. I'm all about it. I mean, maybe I can write about uh, my fat finds on the uh, Meta or Facebook a uh, bulletin. You know, the Substack rival that uh, allowed users to build audiences and send email newsletter campaigns uh, service uh, yeah now wait a minute i can't do that anymore no because uh, facebook and meta are setting it shutting it down wait what yeah uh next year it's gone have a nice day <laughs> we want to bring more content back to facebook directly do you so i guess they're shutting down bulletin dry your eyes if you're part of bulletin and hadn't heard this because it's the newsletter subscription service and they're saying yeah we're going to shut it down by uh 2023 i mean they just launched it it's only been open like a year or so i mean they've already laid off staff in an effort to conserve cash they provided i mean they provide i i actually i remember talking about this when it first started because they provided writers with an independent website as well as the possibility of distribution on Facebook news and other publishing and analytic tools. The company lured writers by not taking a cut of their subscription revenue, giving them full ownership of their subscriber lists, And they, uh, you know, said, Hey, they lure. I mean, we had uh, Malcolm Gladwell, Mitch album. Uh, they were all part of that. Other journalists were a part of it and they tried to uh, expand it to local news writers and they paid a bunch of money out to make a commitment to the companies to make independent and local journalism and so now they say well we'll pay out all our contracts that we did with you but uh, and you know what you can go ahead and keep that subscription revenue that's fine you know what add subscriber list go ahead take that with you too hey you know and the content the content is all yours too but we're gonna go ahead and close the doors so bulletin is not going to uh, not going to exist now. Sure, you can put content on Facebook directly, and and they want you know they, well, that's a discovery platform now. That's what we want. Okay. Wait, what about the integrated live audio offerings? Yeah, we're shutting that down too. Uh, you mean Clubhouse? Yeah, uh, you know, as Facebook Live service. Yeah, I mean that's still going to kind of be around, but uh, you know, we're, we'll see. We'll see. Wow, I mean, you talk about Facebook struggling; they start shutting down, shuttering stuff, big time. Down, they're laying people off, and Zuckerberg is eleventh uh, on the richest guy list now. Uh, more Facebook employees are going to be hitting the bricks, and more things going on at Facebook than ever before, probably uh, because of that. So, anyway, I'm sorry about it. if you didn't, if you hadn't heard that uh, your bulletin, newsletter, subscription service is going away. I mean, I guess that's kind of who died today, but yeah, I mean, who died today? Bulletin at the age of two. Rest in peace.